This lady is an amazing woman of God. She is, yeah? She tried to teach me Italian and failed. Wasn't, wasn't her fault, it was mine. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, not Chimale. Come on, star. That was it. <laughs> Never got past that. I'd like to invite... Uh, well, the, no, let me say the word I always think of when I think of Joyce is integrity. Um, is that right? What know. do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to invite a couple of you ladies to come up and pray for Joyce this morning. Yeah? So, come on, two of you. First two up. Don't look like that at me. <laughs> come up and pray for Joyce. Jesus. Yeah, God, we, um, yeah, we trust you this morning god and we we know that um you have put treasures in joyce's hand for us this morning and so we just we ask god that you just open our hearts and our minds and our hands to the things that you want to leave with us we don't disregard them god we won't and put them to one side we won't rush on too quickly from the things that you leave in our hands this morning so, Father God, yeah, we want to be willing recipients of what you have for us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come and you just descend on Joyce now and that you just put a fire in her heart and on her lips as she shares your word. Amen. Amen. Yeah, God, we just give you thanks for Joyce this morning and we just pray that you would, um, yeah, just bless her um, as she speaks your word this morning and um, I pray that that would bless us too. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I was checking the time. <laughs> There's no time in front of me, so child, tell me to stop <laughs> when I have to stop. Now, today, I really feel this morning that I've been to an, to an Italian wedding when there is so much food and so much food, and then when you think it's over, there's something else. And I think, you know, it's so nice. You know, God has spoken to us a lot, you know, through Holly and, and Peter, through Sally, through Charles, like every, every, everything that has been said, you know, has been a real blessing. And I really feel full, but like an Italian wedding, it's not over, there's more. <laughs> So just sit back a bit and, and, and there is a little bit more. But some, uh, when Charles uh, asked me if I could share in, in November, a month ago, the, I started asking God, what do you want me to talk about? And the thought of uh, came to me about talking, to talk about pain and suffering. I was like, oh, this is a big, a big topic. It's a big thing. Um, but every time I was like thinking about it, again, this, this topic came to me. And I remember one day going to work and, and I said to Charles, you know, this morning I was preaching some, <laughs> the, the message I'm going to preach on uh, at the encounter. But it wasn't exactly what I'm going to say today. But I felt like God was staring me to put thoughts together. And what I'm going to share today is, is part of a journey, is things that I've learned in my life, things that wisdom that I've heard from other people, the word of God, and all these things that I really pray that they will be a blessing to us today. It's not, we're going to talk about pain, yeah, but it's not meant to be something that really pulls us down and that we leave the door, like feeling really low. I just pray that we can be lifted and that we'll be encouraged. 
And who knows me well knows that I like catchphrases. I like expressions. I, I like to have a strong title. And I think Quark knows me a bit when, when I was attending more Tuesday groups that I would have maybe a word, you know, a word from the Bible that like a suddenly or but. Um, I love that. And I was saying, God, it would be nice to have really a nice strong title that even if you forget everything I'm going to say today, which I hope you won't, <laughs> but if you do, please remember these words. These are taken from Zechariah 9. 9, 11, and 12. And th this is the title of, of our talk today, Prisoners of Hope. God is calling us today to be prisoners of hope. And um, th this word came out in, uh, like in my reading. And I have never stopped. I have never like, probably considered these words. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. This is from Zechariah 9, 11, 12. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now, I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Now, God today wants to encourage us not to be prisoners of fear, not to be prisoners of doubt, not to be prisoners of anxiety, but to be prisoners of hope. Now, God here is not talking to people who are free. It's the people of God that have gone back from exile. They have gone back to captivity, so they are in prison. But yet, God, not any other person, God is saying, you are prisoners of hope. And hope for God is different from our own hope. For us, hope, you are, hope for us is just a wish. Okay, its strength is the strength of the person desire. So like you really wish, you really hope for something. But in the Bible, hope is a confident expectation of what God has promised. And its strength is his faithfulness. So God's, God's, uh, God's, God's view of hope is different from ours. Now this in theory, is the end of the sermon. <laughs> this is how I am going to end. But I just want you, like in this uh, next 20 minutes, that this word can, can really take place, take root in you. As, you know, I will be talking a little bit more about pain and, and suffering, that these words just take home in you so that you can really believe, yes, I'm, I'm a prisoner of hope, nothing else. Around us, there are so many bad news, okay? In the past, the news on TV didn't used to affect me that much. I know many people, like over the years, I remember, even when I was a child, refused to watch the news because they felt like really depressed. I never felt that. But now, maybe I'm older, more <laughs> mature, like I really feel listening to the news like really affect me. And I don't know whether the news have changed, but now we hear things that maybe affect us more like the rise of the living costs and the war in, in, um, in Ukraine. And I know even in families we talk about these things. Every time, Katie, allow me to say, but we hear an aeroplane, Katie says, oh no, the Russians. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's real, you know. And these things are really, really affecting us. But it's not just the news that can really affect us. It's also the personal things that are going in, in our lives. We all have problems, and, and sometimes we go through uh, difficult patches. Now, this message is meant to be for two types of audiences. <laughs> One is for those who are 
now going through like pain, the real pain. It's life is really, really hard. And second, for those who are not uh, currently going through something painful, but this is a time to get strong. Now, this is a time to feed. This is a time to, to learn from God. This is a time where we, where we memorize scripture, where we learn songs, so that in the moments of, of, uh, of trouble, everything, all of these things will come up to us. So Eddie will be very happy to know that I have points today <laughs> because he likes his three points. So I have four points. <laughs> and lots of bullet points. I couldn't resist. <laughs> it's just when you talk about this thing, there's so much to say. But I'll, I'll say what has meant something to me in particular. And so, well, everything I'm going to say, I truly believe. But it doesn't mean that I'm there yet. Okay, these days I was talking to myself, be a prisoner of hope. You know, I, you know, Charlie's not working with us anymore. <laughs> so I'm officially, I was already the director, but now I'm totally, <laughs> totally director. I can't call her or anything. Uh, she said she'll change her number. <laughs> so, and I've been anxious. I, I've been truly anxious, physically anxious. And I've been preaching this to myself, Joyce. Prisoners of hope, you know, you are prisoners of hope. You are a prisoner. You're not a prisoner of anxiety. You're not a prisoner of fear, like you are doing. So everything I'm saying, I'm preaching to myself as well. So the first lesson that we're going to learn is that Jesus himself faced suffering. I think this is, this is so important to know. It's not just us. Like we feel we are human. We live in a in a corrupted world, the sin, like we, we are suffering. But we learn that Jesus really faced pain and grief. Now, we learn this from uh, when Jesus was in the Gethsemane. Now, he was getting ready to be arrested. And he was praying. He went with his disciples, and he, he went and he prayed. And his pain was really, really, really strong. We read in Luke twenty-two forty-two, Jesus' prayer, Father, if you're willing, take this cup, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And being an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Pain looks different for different people, and also Different problems cause different, different degrees of pain. Okay. Everybody, you know, will, will experience some, some pain or some degrees, but we'll talk about Jesus. Jesus had this really, really anguish, this terrible pain that caused his sweat to turn into drops of blood. Now, this is a real, uh, it's a very real disease. It's rare, but it's real. It's called hematitis, well, I practiced it, <laughs> Something like that. Hematitidrosis. <clears throat> it's a real disease. It's when you're in such terrible struggle that your, your sweat turns into blood. And I, th I think many of us can relate to that. Sometimes in life, pain is so bad. I, I've never experienced the turning into blood. I don't know whether it, it happened to you, but it's very rare. But that pain, that goodness me, you feel it in your heart and in, in your tummy. Like it's really, really bad. But Jesus 
went through that and he understands our pain. The fact that he went through that, you know, gives us the freedom to be okay with that pain, to understand that there is that type of pain. And it's not the fact that Jesus struggled and asked God to remove that allows us <laughs> to say that. I have had moments where I, I prayed, God, I don't want this. You know, I really, really don't want it. Like you want to magic it away, you know, take it away from me. Like you just pray. And it's fine to pray that because Jesus prayed that. No, he said, God, if you can, please, Father, take it away. But then he said, not my will, your will. And he did what, what we have spoken about in the past couple of years, to look up. He looked up at his father and he said, Father, not my will, but your will. And it's interesting when you think of Noah, when he, uh, when he built the ark, the window was right on the top of the ark. And it makes us think, you know, that it was what, for what reason. And I like to think that it's because if you look around, you just see the storm. You know, you just see the waters, but by looking up, you know, you see the sky, you know, and you can see God. So this, this shows me, you know, a, a lesson to learn, to look up again to God. And then Jesus, Jesus prays a few times, you know, he goes back and forth to his disciples. And uh, he goes, he prays, he comes back, he prays, and, and then he goes back to his disciples and he says, okay, rise up, let's go. No, we have some work to do. And that, you know, I, I learned from that, that yes, we have the time where we sit in that pain like Jesus did. And we go like, I don't want this. This is too bad. But then I look up to God and say, not my will, but your will. And I get up and go. And, you know, I, I'm not suggesting about then forgetting all your problems on, you know, like living in denial. It's not about that. But it's about, yes, being in God's presence and then getting up. And why is that important? Because sometimes it's too hard to, we, do, we can't see the end of the tunnel. We don't see the end of the road. We don't know when this pain is going to finish. And we are frustrated also sometimes because we don't know how long this pain is going to last. But when we get up and go, you know, we know that we are with God and we're saying, God, not my will, but your will. God could save us from our pain. He could. But he sometimes chooses. He allows us to go through it. Jesus got a no from the Father. It's interesting. He got a no. Jesus asked me, please, let this cup go. But no, that wasn't to be. And what I, what I learned from pain is that sometimes life and pain doesn't make sense until you zoom it out into eternity. Or if we just take pain, I mean pain, and I just think of that pain, it doesn't make sense. It's too hard. For Jesus to, to go through all the suffering to the cross, that's painful. To die, that's painful. But there was a purpose afterwards. And I think it's important for us to know that we need to zoom out, sometimes with our life out, zoom out our life out into eternity. So we, we, we read that Jesus went through pain. Are we encouraged <laughs> to know he's not asking us to do something that he didn't do before? 
No? And he was in pain. He felt that pain that some of us might have felt sometimes, like that terrible, terrible pain. But then he allowed God to do his own will because there was a, a promise, there was a purpose. Our second lesson is that we will feel, we will uh, face troubles at some point in our lives. It's a fact. Okay, I don't want to be somebody who brings bad news, but it's a fact. And even if we don't see a storm, the storm will come to us eventually. You know, we don't need to look for a storm. The storm, the storm will eventually come. Storms in life or troubles are not just for us adults. I used to think, I grew up thinking or hearing, yeah, the children have got such an easy life. They don't have any problems. They don't have to think of the future. But in my job, I've seen that that's not true. You know, maybe my own problems or my biggest uh, crisis have been in my adulthood. But I'm working with children that have been abandoned by their parents. You know, we we have one student that her mom just abandoned the house and she had to look after her own siblings for a few days. We have another girl that has got a disease and she's, uh, she's, she's in year 10 now. I met her last year. And she, she leads a very bad, risky life. Like she loves to try all the wrong things. And why? She's been told she's got a disease and she won't live forever. She doesn't know when. It's a blood. It's a blood condition. And she says, you know, what's the point? You know, my life has no meaning. You know, well, I'm, I'm going to die young, so might as well try it all. You know, the pain in this girl already to know that she won't live. She might live, I've encouraged her so much. You know, we don't know God's plans, but this is how she's living now, thinking, I'm going to die. You know, we see students that have been abused. You know, you don't take that away. You know, the, the memory of that will remain. So pain is something that can affect anyone, you know, whether you're a child or whether you are an adult. Now, the, the passage that I'm going to take inspiration from is Jesus Comes a Storm from Mark. And it's, you know, it's encouraging that today we've touched on, 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 these, on some of these points. We have the disciples on the boat with Jesus, and then this, uh, this um, storm start, starts, Mark 4.35. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, what I, what I love about this is that the, the disciples had already seen some miracles. They, 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 seen, they have seen lots of healings, and they have seen demon-possessed man being healed. He, they had seen a lot, but nothing actually that was related to them. This, this was the first miracle recorded here that involved them. And isn't it true that sometimes we understand things better when we go through them? We have... Many people that tell us their testimony of how they went through some difficulties, some challenges, and we are encouraged and we learn and we take notes, yeah? But it's when we go through them that actually, you know, we, we really, really, really learn. 
But the lovely thing about this story is at the end of this story, the disciples are all in amazement and they say, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And this is what happens when you're going through a storm like this. Yes, why was Jesus asleep? You know, why, why couldn't he stop the, the, the storm? You know, why, why, did he, why did they have to get so scared and, and flushed and, you know, like worried for their lives? But Jesus was there. He was with them all the way. And then they had a better revelation of who Jesus was. In fact, Jesus did ask them, do you still have no faith? I mean, you've seen so much. And, and this is, you know, a lesson for us. You know, we learn from each other. And uh, but some, we still need that personal uh, revelation of, uh, of God. And as I said before, sometimes life doesn't make sense until you zoom it out out into eternity. There is purpose in the storm, but to find it, you need to include eternity. If you don't include eternity, you'll just end, in, end up in desperation. Okay, we need, we need to in include eternity. And let's all be those people that, that then are in awe of God. And do we have testimony of, of God saying, goodness me, I was going through this difficulty. And still, you know, I... I had, uh, I had a new revelation of God, who God is. So we, we've learned that Jesus went through um, troubles, that we are all going to face our storms. Um, there's no way that we can escape that. But also, the, our third lesson is that through these uh, challenges, we get stronger we become stronger people. It's not something we like to hear when we are going through it. <laughs> you know, if we're going through a difficulty and then we hear, oh, you get stronger. Yeah, like it's not something we want to hear. But the truth is that that, that is what, what happens. Now, happiness is a concept very much of the West. Um, like life is all about being happy, being happy. I love the film, The Pursuit of Happiness. You know, it's like to be happy. If we have the perfect family, if we have a perfect week, that's life. Yeah, that's real. But that's not true. That's a distortion of what life is. Life is not about being happy. We don't want problems. We don't want, I don't want problems. <laughs> and we are afraid that challenges and suffering will break us and ruin us. I've been one of those people that going through difficulties, I think, I'm not going to be the same person anymore. I'm ruined. You know, but that's not, that's not what it is all about. When we, when we go through a problem, our first prayer is usually to ask God to remove that problem. Have we ever prayed that? Lord, please take this problem away. This is our first instinct. But when we look at a Christian living in faraway countries, like really poor, who live with troubles every day, we've learned from them that their first prayer is not take this problem away, but is help me glorify your name in this suffering and help me to get closer to you and to know you better. That's the first. You know, we want that, I want that shift. Not, not God take that problem away, but help me to glorify you. Help me to glorify you with the way I behave with the way I treat others 
And yes, we will also say, God heal, God deliver, God, you know, speak through this in, into this situation, do something. But let's, let's try and shift for a moment. God, what can I learn from this? How can I glorify your name? I, I'm going to share a new concept that I'm going to share with our students this, uh, this week. So, Sha, this is new for you as well. <laughs> so, I've come across this concept. And it's, are you fragile, robust, or anti-fragile? Have you ever heard of this concept? No, not even Rosemary. <laughs> okay, so are you fragile, robust, or anti-fragile? Anti-fragile, anti yeah. Now, this word was coined by Nassim Taleb, okay, this anti-fragile. Now, fragile is when you break under pressure, okay? So this is for people, you break under pressure. If we get an object, we can think of a glass, I drop the glass, the glass is fragile, it will fall, or it, it will break, sorry, thank you. Or, you know, sometimes we read fragile on boxes when we receive them. So that's fragile, when it breaks easily. Then there's robust. Robust is when you can handle pressure, okay? So you are robust. If we think of something like a hammer, if we drop a hammer, that will remain in shape. And then you can be, or you can be anti-fragile. And that means that you thrive under pressure, okay? So you get better under pressure, okay? So to give you a practical example, think of muscles. Okay, when I go to the gym every week <laughs> and I work hard, my muscles at the beginning hurt, okay? Because slowly, slowly they kind of break, you know, when you put pressure on a muscle. Then you rest and then the next day the muscle is better, is stronger. And the more you do that, the, the stronger the muscle becomes. So it doesn't actually break, it breaks slightly, but then to restore and be, and be stronger. Now, the question that I want to ask you is, are you fragile? Are you robust or are you anti-fragile? If you are fragilista, let's go like that, <laughs> if you are fragilista, a fragilista hates disorder, seeks stability by trying to stabilize the environment. So everything is stable, yeah? You, you hate disorder. But if you want to be anti-fragile, you still seek, seek for stability, but you embrace challenge and randomness. So we go from an anti, uh, a post-traumatic stress, fragile, to post-traumatic growth. It means that we look at problems in a different way. The problems, the challenges that we have, we don't want to say, they just break me. That's it, I'm done. No, those challenges are going, yes, to put pressure, but to make you stronger. Uh, the author of this, of, of this um, thought is, is Nassim Taleb. He said, he has to look at it. Wind extinguishes a candle, but energizes a fire. So where, I'll say it again. Wind extinguishes a candle, but energizes a fire. So a fire, uh, um, candle is that fragile thing. So the wind can't pump, it's done, it's dead. But uh, the wind will energize a fire. So a fire becomes anti-fragile. So the encouragement when I read this for us is 
my attitude towards the challenges. I don't want to see challenges or, or like pain just as something that breaks me. That's it. But something that, yes, puts pressure, but actually makes me stronger and, and stronger. So we don't, yeah, this is what we want. So you can think. You can move from one to the other. You can move from fragile to anti-fragile. So I'll let you ponder, <laughs> ponder on that one. And the last one, lesson four. Comfort people with the comfort that you have received. Event, sooner or later, will come through the challenge. Okay, I think we all have stories. And even though the problem doesn't solve, you know, we are, we are stronger and we are there. And we, we have received comfort. Let, let's be people that comfort one another. You know, that they can say to one another, I went through that. You know, I, I see what you are. Maybe you haven't gone through exactly the same thing, but you can tell stories of, of um, you know, of how God helped you. People need to be comforted because when they are in that place of pain, as we said before, they can't see the end of the tunnel. They don't know when that is going to end. And they, they're too frustrated because they don't know, you know why it's going to take so long or why aren't things changing. But if we are there for one another, we can encourage them. And I know this has happened with me when I've been through like my challenges to have someone saying, you can do this. You know, I believe that you can do it. And then they share like what, you know, how God brought his, uh, his um, strength. And we can remind each other that Jesus is still on the throne. So we've seen, we've seen these four, four things. So Jesus uh, went through suffering. We are going to go th through suffering. Suffering will make us stronger. Let's comfort one another. And in conclusion, we'll start from the beginning. What was the beginning of the word? What do I want you to remember? God wants us to remember? Prisoners of hope. Yes. Let's be prisoners of hope. Okay. If in this moment, this moment you are going, we are going through something that's really tough. Let's not be prisoners of doubt or fear of anxiety, but prisoners of hope. Because God is still sitting uh, on his throne. Amen. Amen. Amen.